about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs to the phone Dreaming of a better home We more focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the Brujas Let this last that was a great sounds of Watson with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Preston, with my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues. is in the building, EZ Blues. You are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have this today on Behind the Brand? Ladies and gentlemen, it is easy to say that I have spent pretty much my entire existence being an ideas guy. I am someone that can come up with the idea and, you know, then forget about it and it'll never happen. And there's no way to, to, to properly go through with that. And that's really because there's no organization that actually goes on inside this dome of mine. But what's super, super important is everyone who is sitting at home right now that has those ideas, those ideas that can help your community, those ideas that could sit there and better the living existence for yourself and everyone else around you. There are avenues that you can go to. There are ways to start what is called a not-for-profit. Now, a lot of those things, you know, you think about a not-for-profit, you're like, but why? Because it is there to support the community. It is there to leave a better footprint and it is there to leave a better tomorrow. Now, you can have all, all the ideas in the world, but if you do not have the workings behind it, there is no so today we are honored we are blessed to have the incredible the fantastic the amazing Rosalind Zavras with us today talking about what it's like to put the working processes inside happy to have you here Rosalind <laughs> thank you that was a great intro it, it, it was an amazing intro so great the video just blocked off the easy blues but Ezo, you're still with us brother we do uh, I'm here Oh my god. I'm goodness. here. It's crazy. I have no idea what happened. Listen, but, just keep you know. it going. The show must go on and we gotta stop yeah, the guest's face. Let's just keep this That's going. All that Let's ask these That's great all questions. That you had too all much right. passion for the video. The video was like it's too much. It, 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 <laughs> seriously, it was crazy. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. Trust it has happened before. Um <laughs> <laughs> very interesting. Mm -hmm. Silly weather. Um, but no, honestly, it's it's super, super important because I mean I've heard of not-for-profits. I've worked for not-for-profits, whether it be like um, dealing with people with MR and MS and those different type of things. Um, but there is that whole extra aspect behind there, you know, to make sure that these things are up and running and moving in the proper way. Completely. And, you know, what's exciting or what I love about the nonprofit industry is that there are so many different people with so many different ideas you know when you think about an industry quote unquote you think about um, marketing agencies or tech companies you know there's there's a shape and a form to that but within the nonprofit sector you have every single industry rolled into one right you can have a humane society and that's a nonprofit you have you know um a community group, and that's a nonprofit. You have a social services organization that helps with homelessness. Those are all considered nonprofits, and they're all under that umbrella. But managing each one of those and learning how to build that organization mm -hmm. requires industry knowledge of their particular sector, as well as just how to run a nonprofit in the U.S., which makes it, to me, the most interesting job in the world. <laughs> What uh made you catch the entrepreneurship bug? Like what made everything happen? How did everything start? Well, I love working with organizations and I love working with different nonprofits. And especially mm -hmm. early in my nonprofit career, I figured out that it's filled with individuals that have a love for what they do, but they don't exactly know how to run it. And mm -hmm. so I quickly realized that my skills were great in one organization, but that I, if I had my own business, I could then right. lend them to all different types of organizations. So mm. it, the bug or the seed was planted really early on, but it took uh, a good 15 years for me to gain the confidence to say, you know what, I can do this on my own. Everything's happens at the right time. 
I mean, you know, um, a lot of people say I started too late. I started too, a little bit too early. Um, a lot of people um, have demons inside of their heads. But like once you go for it and keep moving, it's the right place. Um, mm -hmm. Easy. Can you agree with this? Well, no, it, it, it's so super true because, you know, we are socially programmed to, you know, have our Veruca Salt moments as per we want it. You know, we want our Oompa Loompa and we want it now. Um, but in, in the reality is no matter what, it's always going to be in the right timing itself mm -hmm. because – you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you might not have been as ready as you are to take on those moments. You have not lived those experiences that are necessary that make, you know, what you do so super important. You know, you don't have those proper tools. And as for someone who's has been a jack of all trades and a master of none my entire existence, um, it's, it's very, <laughs> I have been in the right job at the wrong time and it's mm. miserable, miserable. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and it's sad because you're thinking, oh, 10 years ago, me would have loved this or mm -hmm. right. future me is going to be really mad at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's so interesting because that's one of the, the things really that is so particular about our society itself. Um, we have a lot of issue being in the now, understanding that right now is the best moment um, that you've ever lived. Um, and it's, it's the reality of it all because we're all here. We're all having these incredible conversations, but we also always want what the Joneses have. We always want that next, next bit of success, that next bit of, um, I don't know, popularity or notoriety, which I think is so super interesting because now you're seeing more and more of this almost boom in a not-for-profit sector, which is so against you know, the American idealistic aspect of I need to work to make as much money as humanly possible. When you're working for a not-for-profit, it's literally in the title. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what is it like kind of coming from a world where profit is important to a world where we just need to do enough to get the, keep the lights on because what we're doing is heck of a lot more important than, you know, that brand new car that's in the parking lot. Mm. Well, there, I do want to take this as one moment to clear up something that is a constant question that I receive mm -hmm. from everyone. Perfect. Not for profits, do, that does not mean that you cannot make a profit. It simply means that if you run, uh, if you have more income at the end of the year than your expenses, that mm -hmm. money goes back into your organization. It does not go into okay. the pockets of shareholders. And so nonprofits should be run mentality-wise, like a business, lean, efficient, really thinking about bottom line, but the bottom line is so much more complex. We mm -hmm. have individuals that we serve. We also right. have individuals that give us money, and those aren't necessarily the same people. And so how do we appropriately serve all of our constituency, our volunteers, our donors, our board members, our clients, you know, if we have an animal community serving our animal community? So I just want to say, like, not-for-profit in the U.S. is kind of a misnomer, but it indicates that, yes, we're not out for just a financial bottom line. We are out for the community, and any money that we raise is for the community and community action. I hear that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what uh, brought up the name and how you pronounce the name? Because I keep on messing it up. It's just me. <laughs> it's, per it's a personal issue. It's Europa. Europa. So, Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I am a big proponent of sharing cooperation and collaboration. I really do believe that we're stronger together, that uh, there are multiple organizations working in the same sphere. So how can we find partnerships and collaborate instead of thinking I'm in competition with you? Right. And so I wanted collaboration and caring to be infused in my new company and even infused in the name. And it's actually an Anuton word that talks about the equitable sharing of resources among society. And that's, it's a general concept that uh, is kind of a bedrock of how uh, their life is built. Mm. I got it. Um, we want to give a, a big uh, salute to uh, Joe Anthony. He's listening right now. He says, this, he says, ain't that the truth? Always looking back and never and always forward. <laughs> Shout out to Joe well, Anthony. Well, that's the thing is, is conditionally, you know, we are as a society, you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. But you're never. 
And I just think like we just need to live life to be as whelmed as humanly possible. And I don't care if it's a word or not. I'm going to try to be whelmed today. Um, you know, and that's just the, the way things go. And and this is what's so incredible about like not for profits and, and especially those things that are community based, you know, when it might not give you that little bit of nurture or that little bit of, of texture to move forward, but it's going to give somebody else. And then you're going to see that aspect. And that's really where a lot of the healing or the cooperative, as, as you were stating uh, before, comes from, because it's not just about the individual, you know, and we are a very communal aspect. And that's difficult for me to say, because I don't like people, but I have to sit here and be in community. Um, you know, the other day, Prestige was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to do, you know, take one of these into in, into like the booth. I was like, what? You mean I have to go outside? I don't like <laughs> that. There's tons of ways to get involved, though, even if you don't want to be outside or if you don't like people, try animals. I can see that. I can see that. No, but it, it, it's so so when you're going like through the the uh, the aspect of, and what could actually qualify you for a not-for-profit? Mm. So I think anybody can support a nonprofit. There mm -hmm. are millions of ways that nonprofits in New Haven, in Connecticut, in the world need help. Uh, and so oftentimes what I like to say is, what is your skill? What is the thing that makes you warm and fuzzy on the inside or that you love to do? And there is a nonprofit that needs you and that wants you. Could be as a volunteer, could be as a board member. I cannot advocate enough for board membership. A lot of people think, oh, nonprofit boards, those are just, you know, for really wealthy people or really old mm -hmm. people. It's not. It's for everyone. If you're just interested in supporting an organization, boards are what make nonprofits tick. Um, but if you love writing uh, and you want to spend a few hours a week supporting grant writing, tons of no nonprofit organizations would love that. There's a website called Idealist, which is uh, idea, L-I-S-T dot org, has amazing volunteer opportunities. Go there. It also is a huge data database of nonprofits. So say you're interested in like, um, you know, working in housing insecurity in, mm -hmm. and, and specifically for families with children, you can go onto Idealist, find a nonprofit, reach out and say, hey, is there anything I can do to support? Or they might even have like a volunteer job posting on Idealist as well. That's awesome. Now, what if you want to start one? You know, you have these incredible ideas you want to move forward. Like, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll spitball here for a second, but say, you know, a community space to, you know, help with arts and use that as an education aspect to show you know, the young community around here, there's another way to make money as per, you know, the legitimizing working in the arts. Um, how would one go about, you know, lining up or connecting with a not-for-profit or how would one go through the process of starting a not-for-profit? And we, have, of course, are asking this because, you know, we, we, we want to know. <laughs> well, the first thing that I always say is find an organization doing same or similar work and talk to them. Do an informational interview, maybe show up for a volunteer day, get a sense of what they're doing and see if your idea is substantially different or maybe it's a way that you can build out that existing programming. I know, especially within um, my generation and younger, you know, millennials are all about starting things. We love to be the founder of something. Right. I, I get that, but there are so many nonprofit organizations and there are so many people doing good work, maybe we can partner together uh, and build programming. So step number one, always see if you can find somebody doing what you're doing. Sometimes there isn't anyone. Maybe there is a critical need in your neighborhood. The process to apply for 501c3 status is, is long and oftentimes can involve a lawyer. There are some really great services that for less than a thousand dollars can help you walk through it but if you're like i don't have a thousand dollars i'm just trying to you know like teach kids how to paint uh, after school right. you know there's a thing called fiscal sponsorship where another organization again normally pretty similar to yours says i like your idea it's not something we can do but if you want to use our space or if you need help you know you can accept donations through us 
and you can start your programming, you know? So um, I, like I said, I'm a huge proponent of cooperation and collaboration, especially when you have an idea, do your idea, do it first instead of, I know so many people that say, okay, I'm going to file all this paperwork and now I have tax status, but I've never actually done the thing that I want to do. Well, it's it's that is so super true because I I'm you know I'm I'm a father of of, of children and and one of one of my uh, youngers wanted to you know so psyched about joining hockey and wanted to be a hockey player and everything until the work actually had to come through and you had to be at the rink at five o'clock in the morning and then they realized maybe I just wanted a nice new shirt um, I just kind of wanted to 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 rock the gear. Um, and not necessarily put the work in. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, again, no matter what, on, on this show in particular, we never pour, pour salt in anyone else's hustle. Whatever you need to do to be on that next level of, of finding your own happiness, more power to you. Um, but know yourself. Know, know that, you know, I'm going to go out there and change the world. Dude, you haven't changed your socks in four days. Like, let's be real. Um, let, let's give ourselves some more guidelines that are, that are, that are a little help and reach out community again. I, and it sounds so weird coming from me, but community is so, so super important mm-hmm. because look, if we go back to the old school days of life, one person can only yell so loud, but you can get 10 people to yell and you can hear it from, from, you know, a town over, um, and so forth and so on. So it's one of those those things. I, I always quote the amazing philosophy movie. Uh, I believe they call it The Three Ninjas. Um, a finger is extremely fragile. You can pull it. You can break it. But when you combine those fingers into a fist, it's one of the strongest things out there. Um, and that's really what it goes through and to make sure that you can go on. It doesn't have to be about your idea as long as it's actually benefiting your community. And really, it it could just be that your idea needs to morph a little bit once you start working in the community and you think, oh, I'm going to do this art program after school. Well, maybe you find out that logistics of getting all the kids to the Mm -hmm. space is way too difficult. And what the kids actually want is to pick up art supplies and an art kit do it at home and then come together on a Saturday to see what they've done. You know, that's the other thing. When you have an idea, test it out, work with your community, get feedback um, Mm. because it might end up needing to be adjusted uh, and it could be even stronger because of it. We're always stronger on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Preston, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City made, EZ Blues is in the building. Rosalind is with us on Behind the Band, and our past guest, Julia Gamble, said hi. Hi, Rosalind. <laughs> hey, Julia. <laughs> EZ Blues, do your thing. Do my thing. All right. No, it's, it's you know, as we go through and, and, you know, no one can really understand what the community needs more than its actual members. You know, you have a lot of people very further out that's completely detached from it, trying to tell us what we need to move forward. And that's because we don't have people that are willing to take a step outside their door and advocate for themselves and advocate for their community. So when we have someone like you come to, to the table, um, I think this is very, very super important. And I'm hoping that this is another show that everyone saves and listens to over and over again, you know, because you really do need to put yourself yourself out there. Um, so now let's let's get a little weird. What was the worst idea you've ever heard for a, a not-for-profit? And please, name names. <laughs> I, I am not one to say that there are terrible ideas. I like to think that there's a gem in everything. And maybe it just needs to be, you know, polished a little bit. Um, but I did have someone come to me that essentially wanted to start a nonprofit to help people sign up for um, MLMs, hmm. the multi-level marketing schemes. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I sat down with this individual and I was like, okay, let's get to the heart of like what mm-hmm. you're thinking and what you're talking about. And, and her point was there are all of these you know wonderful opportunities for you know stay-at-home moms to make money through these multi-level marketing and so she was going to start this organization that like helped people identify the right one for them um and then like help them manage it and take a bit of the profit that they receive and i was like okay 
all right, I see where you're going. You want to help stay-at-home moms gain income and, you know, learn how to build a business and a practice and then make that sustainable. I was like, that's the idea, right? right? So maybe let's remove the MLM part of it. Of course. Send that over there. And instead say, are there ways that you can just create maybe working groups? Maybe one Monday uh, or a one day a week, get a bunch of the moms you know together and say, okay, how can we maybe build a venture or just get a side hustle so that we have a little mm-hmm. bit more cash? And and it turned into a mentorship opportunity because then she started creating community, holding classes, and really finding ways to create an entrepreneurial spirit within the other moms she knew. So that's why I say it's like, on the face of it, it was a crazy idea. But oftentimes, if you peel it back, there's something back there. There's there's some good that you want to do. And what just happens, I think, is you get these shower moments where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that, 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 and that. And your your brain just sort of mm-hmm. goes down a path. <laughs> yes. Yes. My, yeah. my, my brain lives down that path many, many a times. And it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. But no, I, I love your perspective on that because you do, you know, whittle away, you know, we, we talk about, you know, artistically, uh, any type of piece of art, I look at as um, a bonsai tree. Um, it's never finished. You're always pruning it. You're always figuring, you're seeing what shape it's going to take uh, onto this next thing. And whether that be a song or a painting, um, that kind of aspect. And I love how you're transitioning that into the business world and into the not-for-profit world because, yeah, sometimes it's a stinker, but even the biggest of stinkers could have a wonderful pearl there um, and it, it could work out nicely. I, I love, I do love that idea. And I'll tell you, the carny in me loves the fact that the person wanted to do a pyramid scheme to further make it easier for people to sign up for pyramid schemes. Um I'm just saying like the like the carnival barker in me is like yes and not only that but with for $5 you get three basketballs um and you could you could possibly win this prize for 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 your girlfriend. Um and that's <laughs> I, I but I love that aspect of business. Like I, you know the grimier it can get, you know, um PT Barnum is probably one of my favorite marketers of all time. And the man was horrible, like a horrible, horrible human being. But like his his ideas were genius. Um, but I love, you know, especially like I said, I've seen it a lot, um, even in New Haven, you know, this kind of explosion of people leaning towards the not-for-profit aspect of mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know, whether you see it um, in the starts out of the amazing state house started out kind of with a not-for-profit kind of feel and the, those type of different aspects moving forward with different grants and stuff. And these are, it's super, super, super important. You know, we have uh, in Hamden, we have best video, you know, the board is, is there and that the board is there and, and they can help bring in the acts that, that, that you want to see. If you, mm-hmm. if you want to see scavs play at, at best video, go join the board. You know, don't just sit, sit at home and be like, uh, they never book anyone I don't like. So I'm not, I'm not going to go there. So thin. join the board, you know, get your hands dirty, evolve, move forward, connect with your community, get a little weird, put a little paint behind your ears. Let's get, let's get strange. I don't know. And you'd be surprised how just showing up, you know, there's, there's this perception that like, I have to be invited or, you know, there's these rules in place. There's this barrier to entry. And sometimes if you just show up and say, Hey, you know, do you have any open board positions? They might say, we don't, but, you know, maybe we're starting a community advisory board. Would you like to to be a part of that? Or, you know, other other ways. I'm a big proponent of just showing up. What's the worst someone's going to say is no. But more right. often than not, nonprofits will say, yes, we need your help. Right. Unless my classic example is the Met. You can't really show up at the Met and say, I want to be on your board. Um, but mm-hmm. everybody else. Well, you know, maybe you can't show up at the bed and say you want to be on your board. But I, I have, uh, I'm, I'm annoying. Like I'll just continue to show up. It's, a, I look good in orange. Like if it's to make a statement, you know, I break out in silver cuffs. It's a good day, um, you know. And so I'll, oh, I'll get on the board. That, come on, man. Look, how many places have we gone that I wound up in a spot that we probably shouldn't have been, and it's because I got a big mouth. Yeah, but you didn't like. 
show up in orange or have any cuffs on. That that, that no, no, I didn't show up. I'm well. I look, you weren't there, but I left in orange and with cuffs on. Oh, you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Rosalind, tell me about your experience with the Boys and Girls Club. You, you seem to do a lot of um, work for those those people, or have you done a lot of work for those people? Yeah. So, you know, one of my first volunteer uh, experiences was with the Boys and Girls Club was to be a mentor. And I loved it. This this kid that I worked with, he was five. He had real anger issues, but loved Mm -hmm. to read. And I just remember sitting down and reading with him and even, you know, talking about the books, getting really excited about it and seeing his transformation was just a really powerful experience for me. Uh, And so that's always stuck with me. And the first opportunity that I had to work with a Boys and Girls Club, I was like, yes, I want to do that. That's awesome. I love the work that you're doing. Uh, And it's been much more on the finance and operations side. So Boys and Girls Clubs operate with a bunch of different activities. They have Mm -hmm. So many programs, they're networked organization, but each one is managed a little bit differently. And I find the tracking of all of that information fascinating, right? Right. Each program has different metrics of success, has different ways that it needs to be classified. And all of that has to transition. translate into financial data that they can give to their donors, their, Mm -hmm. you know, funders and grant reports to the states and cities that they operate in. So I've worked with them to take that very disparate information and put it into a system, either uh, what's called an ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning System, an accounting system, or uh, a constituent relationship management system. And so... That, that's normally what I do with boys and girls clubs. It's much more on the back back office side of things. But if I can make reporting about all their amazing work easier, then that means that they can do more amazing work. Right. Did you see any little versions of yourself? <laughs> I pretty much only got a chance to talk with the finance and the fundraising team. <laughs> um, so that's a no. <laughs> no, but actually I found a mini version of myself in one of the fundraising teams and inspired her oh, to go, go into systems and and operations work so oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. awesome that is awesome that you gotta love awesome. the kids <laughs> yeah i, Bernie, I Bernie. like like i said i love what i do i get to talk about um solving homelessness uh to substance abuse to supporting animals mm-hmm. to uh supporting religious minorities overseas to mm-hmm. a habitat for humanity like every single week my conversations just jump all over the world and all over these different topics and I just get to be see a slice of amazing people doing amazing work um from what I'm reading you have a track record of securing and managing over two million in grants how does one get a grant and is it hard is it difficult is it easy uh please break it down it's hard. And before you break it down, hold on. Before you break yeah. it down, before you break it down, um, okay. this is this is the point in the show where I tell everyone to pull over, take out their pens and their pieces of paper, yes, sir, um, and 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 write this down. This is important. So again, mark this at this time. Go back and 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 listen <laughs> over and over again until you figure this out. Okay, no pressure, but this is really important information. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you. It is really important information sure. because a lot of organizations think grants are going to be their strategy, and they're hard. And they're they're very hard and they're very time consuming. I have seen a $2,000 grant, right? Which is is good money, Mm -hmm. but not that much when you're talking about building programming, paying staff. A $2,000 grant have a 10-page application process Mm. where a $50,000 grant also has a 10-page application process. So the amount of money that you receive does not often correlate with the level of effort. So the first thing that I tell people when they're thinking about a grant strategy is sit down and assess your team. How much time do you have to devote to this? Do you have someone who's a solid writer? Do you need to hire someone who's a solid writer? There are, I will say, I I'm really enjoying the AI revolution because ChatGBT takes out a lot of time in writing. Right. You mm-hmm. can do a lot of grant prompts using these AI tools, but you still need a human. Right. Yeah. They're only so good. Um, <laughs> and so do you have someone that can write this grant? Do you have the time to write that grant? And then the third thing is, are your priorities in line with the funders priorities? Right. 
because if your programming isn't in their mission set, the best grant in the world is still not going to be of interest to them. They have a board, they have mm -hmm. constituents and donors that stipulate their priorities. And even I've been told this numerous times, even if you have a great relationship with the funder, you've been given money year after year after year, do not come to rely on that. Because mm -hmm. again, their board, their funders could change. So all of a right. sudden, you have a $50,000 grant that you've been getting every year. And this year, they're like, oh, by the way, we're working with something else. So we won't be giving that to you. Right. That happened. So grant strategy is an amazing strategy if you have the time and energy to put into it. But it should be one leg on your chair of fundraising planning. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's not because otherwise it's it's a pogo stick. It? Yes, pogo stick. That's what I was. I got you. I got you. No <laughs> worries. I was Don't like, how stagnant. do I? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it, it, it's it's so true because you know when when you try to look, everyone who's at home right now, mm -hmm. please stand on one leg and try to stand on one leg for the rest of this interview. Um, you will see that there's going to be issues with that. The more solid of a foundation you have, the easier it is going to be for you to stand and to walk and to move forward. Um, so I, I absolutely love everything that you're, you're saying right now because you know these, this is the stuff that we forget about because we get lost in the heat of the moment. And now this passion piece is all we think about moving forward. And I need to get this done. And then that pressure continues to pile it down upon you until it's just a, a variable quicksand. The more you struggle, the more further down you're going to go. Um, and that's how ideas die. Um, and we, we don't want that. You know, we want you to be healthy. We want you to be able to move forward. We want you to fully understand and live the best aspect you can. Um, now, obviously, grants, grants can be difficult. Grants can be great. But it's also, you know, it's a matter of using them, them properly. I love how you spoke about, um, you know, the uh, AI chat, whatever it's called. Um, because, yeah, it's great. But also remember, chat, the chat stuff is great. It's also going to be very formulaic. And remember all of those emails that are sitting in your spam right now, because you can tell it's written by a computer um, that you're not going to give any type of investment in. So make sure you're also putting yourself in there. You know, no matter what, you are your product. You know, whether it be the idea or whatnot, they are believing in you just as much as they're believing in the concept as well. So don't ever let AI take you out of that. Mm -hmm. But that's just my opinion, and I'm not wrong. So, <laughs> no, I agree. I usually I like to use it when I'm brain dumping. I'm like, okay, I have this right. amazing idea. I can't organize these sentences. I'm going to just type it all down like crazy. And then AI is great for reorganizing it, making it readable. You know, I'm not the sort of person that starts with a blank prop that's like, write me an essay about, you know, the history of the moon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, because you're going to get a computer writing you an essay about the history of right. that. <laughs> right. Hmm. In the early 1800s. I was just thinking that in my head, too. I was just thinking that <laughs> in my head, too. Like, you took that thought right out of my head. It's like, you're, <laughs> it's like we're there. <laughs> exactly. You're, oh. you're, about, you're about to get a 20-page yeah, essay I, about it, the It was there. The I blanked out for a couple seconds. <laughs> Your it, mind it, just went there. Yo, I, yeah. I, I was wondering for a second. I, it was it wasn't a brain fart. It was just a brain pause. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy because like Rosalind, you were speaking about AI. Like I'm a little bit scared about AI. Um, it has its goods and its mm -hmm. evils. I mean, we're on mm -hmm. strike right now. We're not. We're we're not technically on strike, but you know, like actors, writers, yeah. you know, like entertainment industry is on strike right now because you know you're not. I love you, but. <laughs> We're on strike right now just because of AI and everything. Mm -hmm. And you speak of the good of it. We can mm -hmm. use good for it. Um, we had a previous guest, uh, Darnell uh, Dawson, and um, he talked about we, we were already using AI before. I mean, we had mm -hmm. GPS telling us where to go and just, um, you know, ways we can just use this tool for good instead of just take this tool for granted and cost a lot of people their jobs and their creativity. Um, what are some other powerful ways we can use AI when it comes to starting a nonprofit, starting our own business? Uh, please just give us examples and just tell us this great information. Well, the lifesaver for me is an AI scheduling mm -hmm. tool. Gotcha. 
I am, I run a small business. I'm also trying to start my own nonprofit initiative. I have a toddler, right? I work with a bunch of different clients. My schedule is nuts. It is really hard to follow the thread. So I have an AI tool that I can incorporate all of my calendars in, my task lists, and it will reorganize things based on what I have to do. So, you know, if I say, oh, okay, I have this big client report that's due on Friday and it's going to take me Mm. five hours. It distributes that time throughout the week. And if I try to schedule over it, it's like, hey, your report is going to be past due because you're not giving yourself enough time. Right. Uh, mm. It helps create scheduling links for me. And in the scheduling links, I can set parameters so that like if I have two meetings in a day and I don't want more than two, it will not let someone sit on my mm. calendar. Okay, so, that's, that's unique. That's cool. No, it's it's awesome. I'm telling you, I got it when I started my business. That was the first thing I purchased after my Google domain. I was like, and yeah. I need help. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's my favorite. That's hands down my second favorite tool. And this is yes. because I, I work in technology and I spend a lot of time training people. Mm-hmm. It's called Scribe. It uh, does the you know screenshot walkthrough for you automatically. So say Mm -hmm. I'm trying to show someone how to use Canva to build a fundraising letter. Mm -hmm. Right. I can do a screen capture. It'll watch my screen as I'm clicking through and then build an entire walkthrough document for me. That's insane. Oh my goodness. I would spend hours doing this before. Right. Um, So I'm, it's been a total time saver and just absolutely amazing. Oh man, it is amazing on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Preston, with my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. We got Rosalind. And Rosalind, what is your last name? Because I don't want to butcher it. Zavris. Zavris, right here on Behind the Brand. Easy Blues, give me some good questions. Well, no, this I think it's it's absolutely incredible because this is the proper way to use AI, and this is again something that's been going on for years upon years upon years in the creative world. Um, I'm a huge fan of of the uh, SAG writers and actors going on strike because now mm-hmm. you know it's a lot to deal with the streaming aspects of of um, the pieces of work. I'm a musician. Streaming has been messing me over forever, ever, forever, mm-hmm. ever. Forever. I mean, literally, uh, Peter Frampton went in front of Congress and said, yes, my song mm-hmm. has had 10 million uh, streams this year, and I got paid $1,700. Mm-hmm. So the more that, that SAG can, can step up and get this you know, law on the books, then maybe us musicians can go in and be like, hey, we need to get paid as well because that would be very nice. Um, but you know, I like doing this show too, so that's fine. <clears throat> but you know, on on top of all of it, when you can use it as as a tool, you know, some of the best musicians that are out there, like uh, Trent Reznor, um, he takes you know the organic sounds and adds in the tech technology on top of that, and now you're creating. But you're never ever forgetting the human aspect. You know, there's a difference, especially say you want to do a non for profit for the community. Don't use AI to make the uh, the graphics. Use you know your buddy down the down the block, and then beside on top of that, then that person's going to share that graphic anyway. And this is how you make that pebble you know, expand further and further with the droplet in the water. Um, But I'm a huge fan of using it when it is necessary. Um, And considering I'm such a control freak, um, (laughs) I find it very difficult to admit anything is necessary. So that's fine. (laughs) But, you know, as as you are moving forward and, you know, what is the next evolution? You know, you say, you know, you you have your company – um, but you also, you know, are are doing this and helping as much as possible. Are you think? Are you looking at taking? You know, I know you you already are taking things internationally, but like, what's the next evolution? Like, are are you jumping on that that uh, SpaceX and uh, gonna <laughs> gonna help not for profit the Mars or the Moon or something? Well, there's enough work to do here, so I mm-hmm. think I'll stay okay. on planet Earth. Uh, okay, for there right you now. go. I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. Um, I'm actually launching a new initiative I'm calling the Center for Community Collaboration 
if you can't tell, collaboration is a huge thread for me. Uh, where I'm hoping to support nonprofits, especially early stage nonprofits with coaching, mentoring, um, shared back office services, and shared fundraising initiatives. So I'm I'm very passionate about community-centric fundraising. I think our models in philanthropy have been very disjointed and have lacked equity for a really long time. There's an assumption that you have to have a certain background and a certain look, and that those are the people that are philanthropists. But I have known so many amazing philanthropists inside the community that mm-hmm. give of their time, give of themselves, and they're mm-hmm. not treated as donors. So instead of thinking about a donor only as a person in a suit writing a check, let's think about our entire community. How can we support each other and build each other up? So one aspect of that is I want to try and do shared fundraising initiatives, multiple organizations coming together, doing a big, amazing fundraiser, and then sharing contact lists, you know, getting to know other donors and bringing their entire community along with them because it's fun. It's really fun when different groups of people get together in one space just to celebrate amazing work. And then it also allows different people to come into the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I, You might not look like a philanthropist, but let's throw out what that looks like. And let's say, I need help from people that look like me and that know my context, know my experience, and how can we get them to the table? See, I, I always thought that was so super interesting. That's like one of the major flaws that I see here in, in New Haven, um, so much so. And and I hope that we can move forward um, and, and make it better. But we have all this incredible um, talent that's out here and you have all of these incredible causes that are out here, you know, and like, for example, I don't understand why, you know, when we're trying to raise money from for the events on the green, we don't have more independent local artists on there that are going to take a 10th of what a national act is going to take and then spend that money in your city. Um, you know, these are, these are these things that like you could, you could put together an event like this. I can tell you right now, I can find three to six, you know, musicians of several different styles of music to have the entertainment and and more to have the entertainment for that. (laughs) And I can find, I can find you vendors that, that would want to be there as well. Now, all of these people are going to promote this event. Mm-hmm. So more exactly. people are going to come to the event and yeah, you might not get that 10,000, you know, $10,000 check, but you could wind up if everyone gives $20 and the, the place holds 300 people, that's six grand, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's a fun time. Exactly. You had a good time. You know, you actually added to the community. Um, so I think they'll, you and I will be talking probably often. Um, I have a very big mouth. Um, <laughs> I love it. You know. The more ideas, the better. Bring all everybody to the table. <laughs> but no, but that that's like one one of the top things, and I, I say this all the time. Even you know, with let's take the big scale of things and bring it down to the small community scale. Like for example, you have uh, a presidential race, and you'll have some you know national music uh, musicians play a show or an aspect. Why are we not having local musicians playing? for for you know uh, the the democratic uh race or you know why are we not having you know local musicians going out there and helping volunteer for when aldermen are are running or something along those lines like yes there's a big part of this city does not necessarily take care of its artists but also what are us as artists doing to take care of our city you know Mm -hmm. um you know we can we can give of, of ourselves as much as possible and again Everyone who disagrees with me, I have no problem with that. Send all hate mail to Preston because I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I think the point that you make is that we can find really interesting ways to engage with each other. And then it doesn't have to be one community siloed in another community siloed. You know, are there fun and creative ways that artists can support nonprofits, even if it's not 100% clear what that looks like? But yeah, maybe it's holding this really lovely concert where we just feature a bunch of different types of music and then nonprofits have tables and just say, hey, come listen to music and learn about all of these amazing organizations while you're there. Maybe you'll find a new board member, a new volunteer, you know, maybe you'll just learn about somebody doing really good work in your community and you'll leave having enjoyed some good music and feeling a little bit better about the work that's happening in your backyard. So I like, it. I, I like, it. I approve. I, I, I approve. <laughs> 
Rosalind, um, just with all your achievements and everything that you accomplished just throughout your career, um, how do you maintain a good mental space? What are mm. some ways like a good entrepreneur and a good person who's starting her own business? Because like you have, you necessarily have no day off. And one thing, you're a mother, so you never have a day off at all. Ever. <laughs> um, what are some ways just to give yourself just a couple minutes, just some peaceful time and just have a good mental space, just going through it all each and every day? Well, having a lot of grace because yeah. that's a struggle every single day for me, to be honest, and knowing that it's a work in progress. I, I have a bunch of different little tips and tricks that I do for myself. Mm. I have, even though I'm a tech person, huge, I love technology. I have a right. physical planner that I write in every single week. Mm -hmm. I start my I like week that. off writing what I want to do. It has a space for doodles. I doodle. You know, and every week I turn the page and I look at my successes from last week and my mm -hmm. challenges. And I, I give myself that mental space to just have this tactile interaction with my week. And so mm -hmm. it's a two-minute meditation of writing and thinking, but it really helps. I also love meditation. Love it. Calm is my favorite app, um, even if I just need the sound for a second. So it's about, honestly, what works for you. Figuring that right. out. And then forgiving yourself when you lapse, you know, mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, there's going to be a week where I forgot to breathe. I, I didn't go for a walk. I just got so deep in all my work that I look up and I'm a big ball of stress and tension. Right. right. Um, and instead of saying, God, Roz, like, why did you do that? You know, you really should have meditated. I just say, hey, that was kind of a fail of a week. Let's prioritize Ooh. our mental health next week. There you go. And try again. Yeah. You know? Best thing about the planner is there's no computer virus. You can't hack <laughs> it. Right. You can't <laughs> it lose it. Down. Yeah, I you can't lose it. You can it lose it. Time. You can use it. Just, you know, just gotta, you know, put it at that certain place you know where it is. <laughs> and no one can get to it but you. Now, that's the best part about the planner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's so interesting too because like we spent you know our time going through school and hating to carry a backpack on us and all that kind of stuff. But now, like as I'm I'm growing and I'm evolving as a human being, I'm like, well, I'm going to need this notebook to write down the the you know the the comedy ideas that I have, and this notebook is for lyrics, and this is to, for my schedule, and this one's to back up my schedule. <laughs> I've got like thirty pounds in a backpack that I don't want to carry anymore. But it's so necessary just to keep yourself on track. You know, mm -hmm. a phone is great. Don't get me wrong. But I also can know how to turn my phone off or I don't know, sure. throw my phone across a room, you know, um, hopefully it bounces. Maybe it doesn't. Who cares? You know, <laughs> but but, you know, by writing it down and it's so like for me, the meditation is the sound of the pen scraping against the page mm -hmm. it's very similar to like me walking into a tattoo parlor um and i start to salivate and my hands start to sweat because you know this i'm in my happy place um mm -hmm. it's the same type of aspect when you, when you're writing it down on on a piece of paper um for myself i love like a, a practice day when you know the guys are coming up with new melodies and i'm just sitting on the couch writing you know, I've I've thought about, you know, using my voice memos. Um, and then I looked at like, oh, there are apps that can, you know, write down what I'm saying so I can have an active aspect that costs a lot of money. And I miss the paper and the pen. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to do it your way as well. Deal with like, you know, paper planners and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, the back surgery went well two years ago. So I'm sure I'm sure it won't be won't be that bad. <laughs> well, I like to pick one analog thing in my life. <laughs> uh -oh. Maybe not okay. all of the analog. <laughs> fine, fine. I mean, I'm you know, I'm a little much. I get it. Um, <laughs> go big or go home, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why I don't leave my house. That's why I never leave my house. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to go big today. I'm just gonna stay home. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Apollo current is closing on us. Uh, Rosalind, um, this uh, limited amount of time that we have left is for you. Uh, please give us any 
great advice uh, for someone who wants to go into a similar path as yours. And please mm. plug any social media where anybody who wants to reach out to you can. So this time is yours. Wonderful. Well, if you want to go into nonprofit work, please volunteer. Please find an organization that is in your heart space and find a way to help them. That's the best place to start. Nonprofits want to know that you are excited about their work. And so if you're thinking about a career jump, if you're thinking, oh, this is something I might be interested in and you're in college, volunteer, intern, and, and really get your hands wet, as it were. Um, there are just so many, so many to choose from. Please check Idealist or other, other places out. The Community Foundation for Greater New Haven also has a really amazing list uh, called givegreater.org, where you can look at their financials, their board, their program details, tons of information about nonprofits in the greater New Haven area. And then there's even contact information on there as well. So I'm going to major plug uh, the Community Foundation and all of their work to try and get people plugged in to the uh, community here in the greater New Haven area. If you want to find me, uh, my company is at Aropa Consulting on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, those are the platforms I'm on right now. I am also on Instagram at Rosalind Zavris. Uh, and that's how you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So if you find me on LinkedIn, you can follow me or add me. I'm also happy to have initial conversations with anyone. Again, I use a wonderful scheduling app, so you might get scheduled out a few weeks, depending on what my priorities are. <laughs> right, but if, right. if you want to take it personally, if you want to have 15, 30 minutes just as a coffee or say, hey, I'm interested, uh, please reach out. There's also a scheduling button on my website. So www.aropaconsulting.com. Nice. Rosalind. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We appreciate you, myself, Preston, and my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Rosalind, thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. Wondering what to write about, trying to figure out what it's all about. Existentialist, am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know. I don't know. Spending time all alone, sending my songs through the phone Dreaming of a better home, when while focused on trying to hone This craft, witchcraft, I hope the Brujas let this last I don't know, if the earth is painted.